You're two hours away from the border in several different directions. We're interested in the organizations behind smuggling activity. Thank you for joining me for this edition of Immigration Crisis, the fight for the southern border. I'm Jami Virgen with Sinclair Broadcasting Group in San Antonio, Texas. Most of us know about Border Patrol and their mission to protect the border by keeping a close eye on what and whom is coming or going from the United States to Mexico and vice versa. A job made more difficult not only by the volume of migrants entering the country, but also by those who smuggle them in, the coyotes. When a ring is found or a smuggling case is open, those who take over and open the investigation are the men and women of Homeland Security Investigations, or HSI. Now more than ever, our area of operation, which runs from San Antonio all the way down to Laredo and the Valley, is Craig Larrabee, who's the special agent in charge of Homeland Security Investigations in this area. We spoke with Larrabee, who explains to us why their job is now more important than ever, ensuring that migrants are not injured or worse, lose their lives crossing the border with the help of coyotes, we're using them to make a quick dollar. And now we have Craig Larrabee. He's with Homeland Security Investigations based out of San Antonio. Craig, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So let me ask you, I mean, for people that don't know, why is San Antonio so important to what Homeland Security Investigations mission is all about? Well, Homeland Security Investigations, we're, we're the criminal, uh, the largest criminal uh, investigative agency with DHS. We handle everything that's cross-border, whether it be people or goods. So here in San Antonio, being you know the seventh largest city in America and just being a, a large hub, we have so much uh, related to the border, whether it's you know humans or or drugs or regular commercial trade. So being in San Antonio, we're kind of in, a, in a, a hub, in a spoke, so to speak. Okay, and for people that don't know, because a lot of people have never been down here. We're talking to people up in Omaha and Seattle. Draw for them or give them a picture of what it's like to be in San Antonio and why it's considered a hub. Well, because you're, you know, you're, you're, you're two hours away from the border in several different directions and you know four hours away from the border down to get to rgv and you know two hours from laredo two hours from eagle pass and del rio so all of these places that you know you have a lot of border crossings and a lot of most of that's legitimate uh through trade and travel but also for uh, in a, a criminal investigative uh, agency such as ourselves that's where we're looking for the illicit travel so you're you're, you're really talking about uh an area in which um all those different, whether it's legitimate trade and travel or illicit, they still can come to San Antonio within a couple hours. All right, and, and with San Antonio's being that hub, explain to people, we know Border Patrol, they're wearing the green and they're out there right on the border and in other spots trying to catch some of what's going on, but then explain to people also where their job stops and yours begins. Ours begins on the criminal investigative piece of it. So we're we're plain clothes, special agents, it's just like other agencies, you know, the ones that everybody knows, whether it's FBI or or whatever it may be. We're criminal investigators, 1811 special agents. So we, we handle the criminal investigations related to 
the movement of goods and people illicitly across the border. Uh, when it comes to Border Patrol or, or CBP, whether it's Office of Field Operations at the ports, uh, when they have an interdiction that requires further investigation, we do those. We also manage tons of proactive investigations, which don't necessarily begin with an interdiction by one of our, our partners at CBP. All right. So when you do get something, let's say, okay, they, they found people being smuggled in the back of a truck in a secret compartment. CBP has them. They're going to pick up that phone. They're going to call you. And what's next? We're, we're going to respond to that to the location, whether it be a checkpoint or border or, or other location, and we will begin the investigation. The investigation takes, you know, there's all different things that go into that investigation. I mean, obviously, primarily doing interviews, but also uh, looking through, through evidence, whether it's evidence found in the vehicle, uh, evidence, electronic evidence, such as cell phones. Um, doing forensic and search warrants on those phones uh, and doing forensic analysis of those electronic devices to try to expand that, that um, incident. Uh, we're interested in the organizations behind the smuggling activity. Uh, for when it comes to human smuggling, we're interested in those human smuggling organizations. So that, that person driving the car is just one small piece of that organization. And our job is to take down the entirety of the organization, to investigate you know, everybody who's involved, whether it's the recruiter who recruits drivers, it's the person um, you know, collecting the money, it's the one distributing the money, it's the organizers, it's the, the, the drivers of the vehicles, um, the drivers of the, of the tractor trailers. There's a lot of different people involved in these or, in organizations. And if you stop at that interdiction, you're not getting the full, the full picture. So our job is to create that larger investigation to take down the entire organization. Now, when you're talking about that investigation, it doesn't stop at the U.S. border. You guys are located no. everywhere. We're, we have about over 7,000 uh, special agents throughout the entire country. I think we have 30 what we call SAC offices or special agent charge offices, which are our main offices, and then several more um, uh, smaller offices, but we can cover the entire country, but also we have an international presence. We have presence in many, many countries where we work with our foreign partners to, you know, expand those investigations beyond our border, not just within the United States, but also to the country in which some of these organizations originate. And you're not just pursuing people, the coyotes on the other side, you're also pursuing U.S. citizens who take part of all of this, right? Absolutely. I mean, we have, I mean, uh, when, when it comes to our arrests, I mean, we arrest many U.S. citizens, I mean, because it's not, that's not the main piece of what we're going after. We're going after the criminal nature of the, of the organization. So anybody involved in that criminal activity, uh, whether it be U.S. citizen or not, um, our job is to arrest the people violating the law. With that said, here we go and the summer months are coming. And for people that may not know about this, the summer months usually is an uptick for you guys, right? Yes, it's, it's historically always been an uptick for us. There's a lot of folks uh, trying to cross the border when it comes to human smuggling. And uh, being in South Texas, uh, for those who don't know, we, we have a very hot climate here. And that becomes a very dangerous thing, whether you're trying, whether uh, migrants are trying to cross desert areas, whether they're uh, getting in the back of 18 wheelers, 
uh, whether they're getting in the trunks of vehicles, those are all very dangerous situations. So we have an uptick in activity and we also have an extreme uptick in danger. And with the people that are coming through, when they're coming in here and you see them, uh, the worst part, I know that we got into uh, a wagon on a train years ago, we were doing a story and the amount of heat in there is just crazy to believe that people are shoved in there to try and get them into the country illegally. How often do you see people dying because of this? Oh, it, unfortunately, it's a common occurrence in South Texas. Uh, you know, again, we have, you have those scenarios where you have large events, which you're well aware of back in 2017 here in San Antonio. Those are ones that, you know, everybody remembers, but uh, on a regular basis, we have people dying in, uh, you know, crossing uh, deserts. We have people drowning in the river. We have people dying in car accidents. Mm -hmm. One of the things we're seeing quite a bit nowadays is uh, failure to yields where the drivers are being instructed by the organizations to, to try to get away from law enforcement. And when that occurs, uh, you know, the results can be disastrous. Now, the smuggling is not only human beings. With the, with the summer months and your, we saw a lot of people coming through, so all the attention was diverted. There are other things that are being smuggled when Border Patrol, when Customs is over there looking at the human side of it. They're smuggling other things, and you guys look into those cases also, right? Absolutely. We're seeing a lot of crossover over the years and we're uh, executing search warrants for a human smuggling investigation. We'll find narcotics, we'll find guns, we'll find money, all those things that, you know, those are our primary mission sets. You know, we're, we're making sure that, you know, people don't cross the border illegally. Uh, we're making sure that the drugs and narcotics don't make it into the United States illegally. We also are looking at firearms going south, money going south. So those are all the things that we're seeing. And we're seeing these items cross-pollinating the different organizations. Organizations, you know, it's not like they put up a banner and say, only do this. They're criminal organizations. They're, they're willing to do whatever it is to make the money they need. So they can cross into drugs. They can cross into firearms. They could smuggle money back to the, uh, to the cartels. There's all different kinds of crossover that occur in all of these organizations. Uh, we've seen a lot more violence over the years, you know, there was a time where, you know, human smugglers only did human smuggling, their mom and pop, and, you know, that's all they stick stuck to. Nowadays, we're seeing that crossing into all those different things and lots more violence. Um, we're seeing opportunities for people that are actually, you know, in, in past, we had situations in which, um, you know, it's not uncommon for rival narcotics organizations to steal each other's uh, uh, narcotics. Um, we're actually seeing that. We've seen that occur along the border. But we've actually seen that move up into the San Antonio area in the human smuggling, where uh, rival uh, factions will go and actually kidnap the the smuggler, the migrants, and extort them for more money. So the violence is just going up higher and higher. So you know, some people are going to say, "Well, why do I care if the money's going south and the guns are going south? You know, and if we have our border secure, why should I care?" you know, if they want to take the guns and, and use them down there. Can you get a little more in depth into that? Well, I mean, I, I don't 
think that that would be most people's attitude. I mean, I don't think people want to see guns uh, used by cartels against law enforcement, whether they be here or in Mexico or anything else, but that's what they're being used against. They're being used against the federal police and other different law enforcement in Mexico, the military, and they're used to take over communities. I mean, those are people trying to live their lives in the cartels, whether if they're using weapons that are smuggled from the United States to further uh, destabilize situations there. I think uh, most people should care about that. Tell people also explain a little bit about the other things that you guys do. I know that we've done stories before with you down at the Valley where we're looking at the knockoffs that everybody says, oh, you're not hurting anybody. How's that money going back to the cartels? I just want to buy, you know, a Gucci purse for 40 bucks instead of a thousand dollars. How's that going to hurt anybody? We do, uh, intellectual property crime and, uh, you know, whether it be purses or, you know, more important or sensitive things like healthcare and healthcare items. I mean, we do uh, fake eye uh, uh, contacts, things like that. I mean, some of those become very dangerous if you're not sure what you're buying and you're putting, you know, fake contacts in your eyes. But the, the reality at the end of the day is the organizations, those aren't legitimate companies. Those are criminal organizations that are running those and uh, they're, you know, profiting from, that violation, that illegal activity. So, you know, you have criminal organizations that may be making fake purses and well, what else are they doing with those funds? I mean, uh, you know, if you're an organized crime and you're, and that's a way to make money, you're still using that in your other endeavors. Let me ask you, and, and I, I want people to have an idea of all these things that you guys are doing, trying to fight, you know, crime and the cartels i mean the tentacles how deep do they go into the united states well i mean there's there's different ways to look at that i mean the the most when you have large criminal organizations you have uh you know tentacles that that will go every different direction certainly when it comes into money and laundering and narcotics movements i mean all, all the drugs need to be moved they need to be distributed. Uh, the money needs to be collected. The money needs to be laundered. So that's where you see the cartels having influence, not just within uh, uh, other countries, but also within the United States, because they need those mechanisms to launder that money and get that get those funds back to the cartel and other organizations so they can uh, utilize that money to further their illegal activities. Look at the social media aspect of this. I tell people when I've gone down to Panama with the border uh, near the Darien Gap, I don't go all the way in. I go to the foot of it. I'm not that crazy yet. It is, it is awful. That jungle is awful. But the one thing that I have noticed as people are coming out, they're telling me and they're showing me how they use social media to find the coyotes all the way down from South America, all the way to the border with the United States. How big of a part does that play the social media into the smuggling that's happening? Social media is a big part. I mean, there's a, I mean, as, uh, you know, we get more sophisticated as a people, you know, we use more and more social media communicate on a regular day. I mean, I don't think anybody goes throughout their day without using some type of social media or electronic messaging to, to talk to each other. And that's obviously made its way into the smuggling organizations and ways to find, you know, people willing to smuggle you. And uh, so we see that quite a bit. Most of our cases have a uh, touch of some type of social media, um, whether it's recruitment of uh, smugglers or, you know, people finding their smuggling organization via social media. So it's a big part of our investigative portfolio. We utilize our um, 
uh, our legal authorities when it comes to social media. We utilize it through search warrants and other court orders to make sure we can get access to uh, when we have probable cause to get into social media. So we certainly know that it's a big part of the communication and that's what we're, we're, we're certainly following that quite a bit. When people are coming in and, you know, a majority of the people that we see are, you know, wanting to come into the States, they want to work, they want to reunite with family, but there are some people that are coming in that may not have those same intentions. There are some people that may be coming in that do not appreciate our way of life and do not love the United States of America. Is that part of what you guys are also keeping a lookout for to keep the homeland secure and safe? Yeah, that's always going to be a primary mission of DHS overall. You know, we, our idea, the, I mean, the purpose is to protect the border through, you know, various uh, different agencies, and we're a part of that. So certainly when it comes to making sure that we don't have uh, nefarious actors coming into the country, we were, that's a primary responsibility, and we certainly uh, prioritize those type of investigations over others. Let me ask you, and how difficult is that when you do get, like right now, we're seeing a huge uptick in the number of Cubans that are coming across. How do you know that, would CBP tell you if they see something odd, or Border Patrol say, hey, we need Homeland Security investigations here, we're, we're seeing something that's not usual. This may not be your typical, you know, asylum seeker that's coming in. How does that work? We were partnered so tightly with our brothers and sisters at CBP that, you know, any type of situation that is unusual, or if you have uh, some indication of uh, any issue like that, we're, we're going to be responsive to that. And, uh, we, we will respond, we will, uh, you know, run our own checks, we'll, you know, we'll bring in other agencies if need be to make sure that we're, you know, uh, investigating that to its fullest. You guys almost work as a force multiplier by adding more agents to the border? Well, not in, this, not in the sense that we're, we're there to do interdiction, because that's not our job. But, you know, when there's an interdiction or, or an encounter that uh, raises the level, whether it be a national security risk, or, you know, just an investigative thing will be there. And certainly, you know, it, it just not, we're not there as force multipliers for the interdiction. We certainly are there to enhance the US government's response to these issues. What would you consider when we sit down and talk again, maybe in September and it stays hot here for a while. So let's say in November, <laughs> if we sit down again and have a conversation, how will you look back and say, okay, we had a successful summer months when everything goes high and goes up. How will you determine if you guys had a successful run over the summer? Our success is really based on the fact that we've taken down organizations. And that's a difficult question because obviously uh, we can't control everything that happens, but we certainly want to limit the amount of people that are hospitalized or die. I mean, that's our primary, uh, all law enforcement, that's a primary mission of all law enforcement to make sure we're protecting lives and uh, keeping people safe. So that would be our primary. I think another thing would be is if we really have a successful uh, um, taking down of a lot of these organizations, uh, a successful summer for us would be, you know, dismantling and disrupting as many organizations as possible 
So that's one what I'll be looking for in November to see how our summer went. I want to thank Craig Larrabee and also the men and women of Homeland Security Investigations who always lend themselves to teach the public and are transparent for all to know how our tax dollars are being spent in the pursuit of safety for all at the border. In San Antonio, Texas, for Sinclair Broadcasting, I'm Jami Virgen, and thank you for joining us. And be on the lookout for our next edition of Immigration Crisis, The Fight for the Southern Border.